Hello, friends and listeners. Welcome to Bridging the Digital Divide. We like to call it BDD. Yes, we do. A little easier. Yes. So we have a guest with us, one of my favorite people, other than Brad, my shirt guide (laughs) from the library, Ken Lord. Ken Lord was a member spotlight for WCTV. You can see that on WC... Can't see it really, but you can listen to that on WCTV.org. And he has agreed to be with us today to talk to us about all things IT, but especially with the school system. And of course, Brad, my Sherpa guide, is here to help me along the way. So, hello, Brad. Hi. Nice to see you. Same here. All right. And Ken. Hello. Welcome again. I feel like deja vu. So, let's talk about IT. Ooh, my favorite topic. Well, this is why we started the show, so we could understand, or I could understand a little better, what IT is, what it means to the community. So, Ken, let's talk a little bit first about what your responsibilities are. And we have about 45 minutes, so you can go ahead and start, uh, you know, in the town and IT and what that means and how you kind of made that jump. Yep. So, I'm the Director of Technology and Digital Learning for the school department. So, I'm responsible for... Uh, managing the OIT Department of Office of Information Technology, and we handle all of the technology needs for all the entire school district. Uh, everything from, except for maybe photocopier repairs, about the only thing we do. <laughs> too. Thank so, goodness. Um, so we my still job, use photocopiers? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. so, oh, yes. The paperless world will never come. <laughs> oh, it's never coming. <laughs> it's never coming. It's a fantasy. So. I'm so glad. So we handle everything from our websites, email systems, firewalls, wireless networkings. Oh. I also manage the instructional technology specialists who are essentially oh. curriculum coaches that work with the, t- with the teachers to um, integrate technology into their curriculum. Okay. So we handle the whole gamut of everything. And we get involved in... Everything from HR to you know uh, building management systems oh to security systems, door cameras, buzzers, everything it has wow. some sort of technology well, commitment to it. Thanks for taking some time to be no out of here yeah, so you can seriously. run back and make the world <laughs> safe for technology. So uh, you and I talked before mm-hmm. a little bit about your AV background. Yes. AV, for those of you kiddos listening, <laughs> means audiovisual. And back in the day uh, when you used to be in high school or even junior high, some nice student volunteer would wheel in a cart with a television and a VCR. You can guys can look that up if you don't know what a VCR is. And that person would kind of set up all the technology for the teachers or for the students that were viewing the project. And we always loved movie day in school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody loved that. It was an opportunity to make notes to your friends and <laughs> do all kinds of stuff. But boy, has the world oh, yes. changed. I, we are very fortunate to have a television studio in our high school in Danvers High. Oh, cool. And I was exactly what you just described. I, I got into National Law Society getting extra credit every morning and afternoon of picking up and dropping off the, the VHS decks or three-quarter inch or even reel-to-reel decks back then. Wow, so reel-to-reel. We deliver those back and forth. Yes. Look it up, kids. Real to real. Yeah, right. thing. <laughs> so, Ken, how do you feel? Um, that's not been a long time. You're a youngish guy. Well. So, no, for real, for real. I'm 55. We won't have you give your 52. age. but All right. So you're a youngish guy. Yep. Huge leap from Tremendous. when, yeah, when I was in high school. And Brad will speak to you about that, too, because yeah. I know you know. Yeah, right. But, you know, um, huge leap of yes. technology from reel to reel to VCR to DVD to what you're doing now. Yes. How do you feel about all of that growth? It's really been incredible. I mean, when I first started working back in Bedford High School in 1991, I was a TV media aide running their TV studio. We did a morning live news program, and there was no 
there was a few computers around. There was no internet. Al Gore hadn't invented it. Nobody knew who it was. <laughs> it was just, you know, and I remember the first teacher coming back from a conference saying, I saw the internet today. And he had saw the mosaic web browser. He said, you typed oh, in something and you clicked mosaic. it and the little world spun and things appeared. Oh, and, yeah. and to now where you have to have backup internet connections and everything yeah. is just, you know, because you just have to, has to, has to, has to work. You know? So incredible difference. How did you embrace all of that? I mean, as a per, as a human in yeah. the real world, right? Oh my gosh, every day there's something new and that's still happening now, but at yeah. least then when the internet was a, a non thing yet, yeah. how did you embrace all that? It really, you, you learned everything as it came along and you didn't know what it meant. You know, when right. the internet came out, it was like, okay, great. You can look up some things. We'll get the encyclopedia Britannica online rather than on the CD. I had to give them, you know, stuff like that. And it really just evolved, and it wasn't that big change. Whereas I find now, if I hire somebody into education that's never been in education technology before, it's just it, it's mind blowing to them of everything we do with it. If, especially if they come from industry, where you know you as a technician or a support person, whatever you're doing, you have this one finite little area, and everywhere else, you here you do everything. You know, so it's it's really blows those people's mind. But if you're in a law for a long time, it doesn't seem. I mean, you look back and go, wow, things have changed so much, but it doesn't seem right. like it because every little thing changes mm-hmm. as you went along, and it's yes. always changing and always morphing and always adapting. Yes. And now we're one-to-one, and the kids have their own device, and it's not going to the computer lab and going to technology. It should be all in there. So, By osmosis, kind of, yes. really. You just yes. kind of, you're, you're immersed, and yes. you have to embrace the technology. Yeah. So, Brad, when you were in high school, was the internet invented yet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was. This is how I'm pretty good at uh, tech help. Is because my first two years in high school, I wrote all my papers on a typewriter. Okay. And the second two, we got a computer. And so I had like I think it was like Word Perfect at the time or something like oh, that. Oh yes, Word was Perfect. Was Bank Street Writer or something that like was that? A big yeah, one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love so Word Perfect. So we had we had those AOL discs yep. for the uh, for the, the walled garden that is that was AOL and the internet and so like we had I think we had Juno I think yep. the ISP oh, sure. was called so it was like yep. by the hour or something sure. so it was I rem- I remember the early days of of the World Wide Web not the internet right and then you that difference. you yes. could ask Jeeves back oh, then oh right yes, I that. love Jeeves. <laughs> Or there was that little dog. I can't remember the oh, little search Lycos. dog. Lycos so with a spot, right? So, so as any of you who have listened before, you guys know that I'm a little bit reticent to technology. <laughs> I like the concept, but I'm not so happy about some of the um, side effects. We'll yeah. say, right? Yeah, that, maybe that's what negatives. we'll call them. Yeah. Yes, but you know, um, with every advancement comes some sort of responsibility, right? So, let's talk a little bit about in a school system security. And also students, you know, they look up stuff. And um, I think Oprah did a show years ago about when you type in certain words and it's an innocuous word, Mm. but you come up with all kinds of creepy, scary stuff. And, you know, of course, the bad guys from the black, dark web are doing that to make, you know, to make that stuff accessible. But how is a school professional you're shaking your it's, head like you want to tell me all about it. Tell about. me, yeah. It's a lot to worry about multiple levels. We have to protect our network and our data from attackers. So breaches. Yep, breaches. So cybersecurity is a big concern because our users are our weakest link. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are going to accidentally click on a link mm-hmm. or do something that they shouldn't or answer a question that's going to bring you know something inside. So um, we've actually, um, the town uh, network, 
the town IT director applied for a grant last year with the state, and we're now starting cybersecurity training. So we're using a company called Proofpoint, and they're sending us modules, and the teachers and administrators are learning about cybersecurity, about what not to click on, what, mm -hmm. what to click on. That's a big portion. And then there's another whole portion about student data privacy. Mm. So for every one of those apps and pieces of software that you click on, then the little box comes up and says, do you agree to these terms? And you know, it's 25 agree. pages long. Read it. So uh, student data privacy is a very important area to con be concerned with and to making sure that the data that the students are entering in is, if it's identifiable, the company agrees to certain rules. So why is that so important? I think there are obvious reasons, but I'd like you to tell me it's why it's so important. All about important. identity hacking. Um, so if I'm 16, why should why should anybody care about my data? Well, if they find out stuff about you, they can use that to then connect to a parent and ask, hey, I'm here with your student and we're doing X, Y, Z, and they know something about you, and they can find that way to get into something that's more critical. Mm. Or even just, you know, you, this, the information that you put out there on the web about yourself becomes identifiable information that, that uh, somebody could steal the identity of a young person to use for yeah. other if nefarious God purposes. forbid something were to happen to yep. you and you are gone, <clears throat> they're going to steal your social security even number, if your you're information. Not gone. Yeah. Really? Steal and use it and you know just yeah. because you may not have a bank account and and money to steal they'll use your your name mm -hmm. to do other your things your identity so, yep how serious is that really? Incredibly Tell serious. Cybersecurity so, is You know, the we don't take it issues. seriously. I can yes. tell you right now. We, I sit on this yes. side of the table, and my tech people are on the other side. <laughs> if you were in the studio, you'd see Brad and I are on opposite <laughs> sets of the table. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. It's just that I'm not yeah. a real technology guru. That's why I have him. So when you say it's serious. Let's say a scenario of WCTV. Yeah. You as an employee of WCTV receive sure. a phishing email. You click on a link. They then come in, and uh, a, a, a virus or software is, is installed in your computer that then uh, encrypts all of the files for WCTV, your bank software, your everything. And now you get the message on your screen, oh, go to this this, and send me some Bitcoin and I'll give you the unencrypted <laughs> Oh, key. I know better. I would call Brad right away and <laughs> yeah. go, help, what do I do? The, that's the, uh, yeah. the oh my God scenario. And it's yeah. a real scenario of mm -hmm. schools and towns being hacked like this today. There are towns, neighboring towns of ours, that have been hacked mm -hmm. and had to pay tens of thousands of dollars to get the unencrypted key to get their stuff back. Okay. And once that happens, it's a, that's when everybody realizes how much you rely on all these things because mm, you can't yes, do anything yes, yes. and you're stuck. So we talk about risk versus reward, yes, right? Yes. So do you feel the reward of instant gratification with information? Which it's funny because I've always been an instant gratification information person. You know, we grew, I grew up with dictionaries in my house. My mom would be like, you need to look that up. <laughs> we bought encyclopedias when nobody else was buying them. And I was against the whole technology thing, which you think I wouldn't be. But I was. I was like, oh. I didn't like, but boy, as soon as I could Google something mm -hmm. and have instant information and repeat that information, I loved that. But do we feel the risk is really worth the reward? Ken? I certainly do. A couple reasons. One, it is too valuable to turn your back on. And two, the children of today, this is how they think and communicate and discusses. It's just, it's it's embedded in them, too. Are we so glad about that? It, it is how the world is. You can't really change <laughs> so it. So we just so have to accept it. I think we have to accept it, and we have to continue to work and modify and educate to get them in the right direction, to have the teachers transforming their lessons so that the students are telling their story through technology, and it's not 
oh, we're going to make a PowerPoint today. We're going to do a PowerPoint. Right. It's they're using that tool to display their knowledge to to reciprocate back. And that's what companies look. Companies are looking for not somebody who knows the facts of everything, but they can take information in, dissect it, and yes. think critically how and come to. up with a solution. The how to. So if if I were an employer and I were looking at somebody new, I would want them to be able to find the information, not necessarily yes. know the information. Yes. Big shift. And be able to assimilate and come to a conclusion. Yeah. And so it's critical thinking. Critical Absolutely. thinking. 100%. Because, you know, in the olden days, back when I was a kid, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, we learned times tables and yes. we did cursive writing, which I can't believe they don't do oh, yes. anymore. But we did all of that by rote. And, I, yep. you know, uh, some mm. of the side effects of that were probably learning by rote mm-hmm. and, you know, um, and repetition and also maybe learning patience, I think. Yes. But now the shift is totally different yeah. from yeah. the way that it was. When, I look, I, when yeah. I look to hire a technician, uh, they can come and tell me facts. and but I want them, if they can understand how it works and then extrapolate the next thing, but when a problem occurs, they're hugely valuable rather than someone who has wrote, memorized the steps to yes. do X, Y, Z. So maybe thinking more like an engineer, yes. really, yes, type of so. mentality than a just... Yes, I can recite that. Yep. Yes, I can. And you don't even need to spell well anymore because <laughs> you can just look it up. But then there comes that whole issue with trust, Brad, trusting yeah. the sources. Yes. Like, you know, mm-hmm. everybody thinks Wikipedia, right? Well, yeah. So, I mean, information vetting, right, is a, is, a, is a critical thinking skill that I think is more valuable than memorizing your times tables or spelling correctly or having good handwriting. I'm I sorry. enjoyed it back <laughs> in my day with my walker. No, but, I, you know, so I know It's something you have to do. And, and Wikipedia has got a bad rep for a while, but it's really, it's kind of a great example of the benefits of the internet. It's Basically, it's a peer review source. And so like anybody can write anything, but that doesn't mean they're going to be able to pass off faulty yes. information. So you have to cite your sources. You have constant editors looking into changing that stuff. And so there's a reason why Wikipedia results are usually the top of Google search is because yes. so many people go to those sites and they've proven themselves accurate. Okay. Yeah. But writing a paper now for school or college is so different than mm, it was back in the day. I mean, and citing your sources. Mm. Yes. My, I have a junior daughter, she's in Essex Tech, and one of her papers recently was about fake news and oh, how to, ugh. you know, find the different yeah. sources and what, and that was the lesson was, you know, it was writing, of course, because it was an English class, but it was about how to determine sources and compare and what you can do to diffuse fake news and just because you see it on a Twitter, mm-hmm. don't believe it, right, you know, right. find where it is and investigate, and that was part of the lesson and that yes. was so crucial. And that's amazing. Yes. But we do, we all have heard the, well, it's on the internet, so it must be true, yes. or if it isn't on Snapchat or Instagram, it didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. That scares me, though, because, yes. um, yeah. I think that's dangerous. Um, you know, vetting, how do I know? How do I really know that the source said what they said unless I'm sitting across from you? And also, also there's context. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, texting, there's no context there. Mm-hmm. So you can text something to someone, and if they're angry with you, they're going to hear that when they read it differently yeah. than they would if you said it yeah. to them, this is the kind of stuff that frightens me about the technology. email generation that, that most of our staff is in. Um, you know, a lot of things are so much easier to solve. Just pick up the phone call and talk to the person. Mm-hmm. But you know, twelve emails go back and forth, yeah. and you know, you can't read the context, sure. and now sure. it's an issue which yes, could have yes. been solved so quickly twenty yes, years ago. But we don't have no, that personal connection. But that bugs mm-hmm. me. Yes. I think I think yes. we'll see a shift because the pendulum always does swing. Mm-hmm. Yep both ways, right? Yep, it's going to correct. Okay. Thank you. 
Thank you. I'm so <laughs> glad to hear that. Deep breath. So <laughs> what do we have to uh, look at as parents and as educators for what's coming next? And how is Wilmington doing? And I'll ask Ken that sure. and then uh, Brad too. Uh, how is Wilmington doing in our school system for keeping our kids and students well-informed and well-educated in that realm? Yep. So um, since I've been here, and I've only been here since July, we've been concentrating mostly on infrastructure issues, getting our systems up to date. You have to do next, that first. You have to do that oh, first yeah. to get right. everything working. Um, and not that things were in terrible shape, but it wasn't an IT director for a few years, so things lagged a little. So we're and I mean, really, online. did we have IT director positions yeah, we did. years ago? Yep. How long ago? Uh, there was. There's always been one, as far as I know. Really? It's just there was a gap for a couple of years. They didn't have one. Okay. Um, so, uh, so when I came in, it was a little bit of you know a reset, get things on. But sure. the next phase of so we have one to one Chromebooks from grade six through twelve, and we have some carts of Chromebooks at elementary school. So the next phase of things we're doing is in, uh, increase the number of Chromebooks that are a lower elementary so they have enough to do what they want. So that there's mm. not just one per floor, there's maybe one for every other classroom, something okay. like that. So that they have access to the technology. Let me just jump in for yep. a second there. So Chromebook, Brad, what's yep. a Chromebook? A Chromebook is basically what they used to call a thin client. So there's really no operating system uh, or hard drive storage to get um, to get exposed to viruses and stuff okay. like that. So it's all super secure. And Chromebook is made by Google. So you guys have the Google Suite, Correct. right? Google, Google Suite of applications. Yep. So it's centralized everything out into that mythical cloud. Um, but because they have the they have you guys have the domain, right? Correct. So you so everything is protected. They're just okay. using Google's technology, and so that way you share data easier. I wonder if parents are having or teachers are having trouble with parents getting access to their kids' assignments on the Google Drive. So what they use is Google Classroom. Okay. So Google Classroom is one of the apps in the Google Education Suite, and then they can give parents access and updates yeah. to some of that information. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. not complete, though. Yeah. Yeah. So the, really what we encourage is, um, and part of it's getting the, the, the parent and the student to talk and to work together is, Sit down with your child, have them log in in front of you, have them show what you're doing because that will engender that conversation mm -hmm. that should be happening rather than just you being the helicopter parent and spying yeah. from afar yes, yes. and not having the conversation still. So it's, it's not, you know, we want that, that connection. Yeah. So. All right. So the Chromebook so, gives yes. them that access to yep. everything, makes everything more streamlined. Okay. And so like very the dog cannot laptop. eat your homework. <laughs> yes. But the Chromebook is <laughs> yes. more secure from where you're approaching it from an angle of protection. They can't go certain places. With that, uh, well, so right? when they log in with under their Google account with their school account, we can restrict things to a certain respect. We we do not currently have software installed on them that that filters their internet at home. Okay, that's a parent responsibility. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, but when they're at school, it goes through all of our internet filters. Like okay, so I I would like to say Wilmington is fairly affluent. I'm going to say we're pretty good as far as community goes financially. How many of those kids using that Google Chromebook don't have access at home? Internet. So we did a recent survey, and it was something like 1% didn't oh, have wow, internet yeah, wireless. They, they reported that. They didn't have internet wireless at home. And then those that don't can access it at school, can go to the public library, go to McDonald's. There's all kinds of places you can get mm -hmm. Wi-Fi, and we try to um, get that information out to those parents. There's also some very inexpensive um, uh, Comcast Essentials plans you can purchase as okay. well. But it is a concern about mm. the haves and the have-nots. Yes, so yes, yes. For those students that qualify for free and reduced lunch, we provide either a Chromebook or a reduced price Chromebook okay. for them so that we can get them a device. Interesting. Sure. So you're already kind of linking that they yes. need some assistance with, yes. hey, maybe you need some more and maybe you might not ask. Yes. And maybe you might even not know what to ask for. Yes. I don't know if those kids are going home with the concerns they may have in their home already. Let's mm -hmm. be honest, lighting, food. 
housing. Yeah. You know, the last thing on your mind probably yeah. is, oh, Internet. Yeah. So and those kids probably don't want to ask their parents. Would you rely somewhat on, you know, guidance and teachers to kind of help us direct who needs assistance in that regard? Because it is a very... Uh, personal yes. matter oh, and yeah. yes. not yeah. one you can ask. Yes. And um, although um, uh, the, the parent can sign up for free or reduced lunch, we are not allowed to look at that status unless the parent gives us specific permission. So right. there's FERPA guidelines around all that sort of thing. So it's, right. it's tricky. Yeah. The, Interesting. The library has four hotspots that we roll yeah. out. And I know for a fact that students have used yeah. them to do their homework at home because they can't afford the internet. Because the whole point of the so show... You go check out that hotspot mm-hmm. with your, like, your library card and bring it mm-hmm. home. Wow, that's hey, awesome. good to know. know See, now you can <laughs> you can send kids over to Brad. Yeah. But you know, the whole point of the show is bridging the digital divide, mm-hmm. and yeah. that means that's the haves and the have-nots. And yes. and I know other countries, and even even in America, let's face it, Detroit, other areas uh, that yeah. are economically depressed are having issues with kids not getting the technology. I saw a documentary on it. I can't remember the name of it <laughs> about some kids that really have zero access except when they're at school. Yeah. So maybe Wilmington is a little lucky well, this con- this that we don't have that. Is. You look yeah. in the rural parts of the, they don't, broadband, we take broadband internet yeah. for granted. We're, sure. we're, we're upset when we can't choose between Comcast and Verizon. You know, there are yeah. many parts of the country that don't have that. Sure. At all. There's no fiber and yep. the outlying areas, yes. you know, uh, there's, no, not there. there's no stuff weaved in through the ground out in the Appalachian Mountains, I'm yep. sure, right? Yep. So not that that's our concern today, but mm-hmm. in general, the big picture, how do you feel Wilmington's doing with serving the community technology-wise, at least for the students? The education community, I think we're doing a good job. Uh, okay. There's always more to do and always work to do to uh, improve how we're integrating that into the curriculum. So we've got a very good wireless network. We've got you know, internet bandwidth. We've got a 10 gigabyte backbone. We've got all that kind of stuff. We're improving some of those and updating servers and systems and making sure they're all solid. But the next phase for me, the next thing that I want to work on is working with my instructional technology specialists to work with the teachers to transform their lessons to embrace all the technology. Okay. They're doing a good job now, but there's always yeah, improvement so, more to be so done. So let me pretend I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. So I'm already doing a ton <laughs> of stuff. I'm a counselor. I'm a priest. I'm a mom. <laughs> I'm, I'm providing snacks and love and care. I'm also teaching, too. And now you want me to be a computer specialist. No. Well, thanks so much. We don't want you to be a computer specialist. <laughs> we want them to learn some tools and collaborate with a computer specialist. Oh, I like them. that. I so like that. that. I can work with that. technology specialist. Work okay. with them, team them, be in the classroom to co-teach with them, to model teach, to just assist, to just be a resource so okay. that they're the content expert, bring together with a technology expert and collaborate that together to, to be able to produce Okay, and that is beautiful in mm-hmm. a perfect world, yep. except that how is the funding? So now there are more positions. So mm-hmm. now we're saying... Yes, there was always an AV guy who then became an IT guy, probably, right? Yep, so those positions <laughs> so those positions always existed. Yep. Now you're saying you've got a staff under you mm-hmm. that is helping to branch that out, but now there's another position of, of really a class liaison to help the teacher. How are we going to do that with the limited funding in education? We have them now. So I have an instructional technology specialist that handles the six elementary schools. I have one at the middle school and I have one at the high school. The ones in the middle school and high school have a teaching load, and uh, I'd like to see that reduced so they can do more of that. But yes. that's sectioning and that's funding, and that'll happen over time. But those are the staff that we use to do that kind of intervention. Okay. So, so silly question probably, mm-hmm. but that's what I'm good at. So <laughs> if if that, why wouldn't we just force, make, air quotes, the teachers learn all the technology so that we can eliminate that position? There's Sorry. so much to learn, and it's changing all the time. 
Yes. You need someone focused on that while they focus on their curricular and their content and everything else and to help them. There's so much going on in a school. Yes. Teachers' load is just incredible with all the things they have to do, all the state mandates, everything else. So you need some staff in there to help. Yes. For our teachers listening, I did not mean that against you. (laughs) I'm just saying, looking at budgeting, okay? And, and, you know, the town right now is going through the finance committee stuff with each Mm -hmm. little section kind of asking what they need. And, you know, I'm wondering, what are we going to need more of in the future? Mm -hmm. Is there any... um, uh, way that students can volunteer, they have to do community service. Is there any way a student could do what we used to do back in the day with AV so, and volunteer yes. to be a helper so that maybe we're not spending our money outsourcing? Not that I don't want your folks to have jobs, <laughs> but you know, looking at the budget, we have to find a way to kind of do both. So, so some districts have been successful in student help desk centers, and it's typically at a high school level. Okay. So the Burlington model is what a lot of districts look at. Um, we do not currently have a help desk center for with students staffing those, but something to look towards. Part of that is sometimes a scheduling thing. Yes. To having, um, you know, in Burlington, the students have a schedule where they could have a free block that they go and they're servicing. Right. And they're helping not only uh, students, but staff with things. Yes. Uh, we don't currently have that schedule at the, at the uh, Wilmington High School. Uh, we do utilize student intern help in the summer to help because in the summertime Good. we're getting all of our deliveries and all of our stuff so sure. we have a you know we probably I forget the number we use probably 20 different kids over the summer to assist us where we would have normally would have had to hire on extra mm-hmm. staff to do so we do capitalize on that to a certain extent now and I would love to see more of that. You know, I often think of the technical high schools I'm a Shashin Tech graduate. Yes. Yeah, and I think of, you know, um, I personally think we should have uniforms in all the schools but <laughs> that's a topic for another day and I think Shashin Tech should make them. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yes, I yeah. think there can be a marriage between the skills. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see more of our student population involved in the process so that not only are they learning the skill, but they're also learning interaction with, they take with other human beings, which yes. is really important because I worry about the technology piece eliminating us from that human connection. Very much so. And I'm concerned about that. It's very interesting when we get the group of students in to help us in the summer. They're texting each other Mm -hmm. and they're 10 feet away. Oh, my God, really? (laughs) It's like, come on, guess. Look up. You're sitting right there, right? Okay. What do you think we can work on as parents and students and teachers to kind of make this all gel a little better in our community? I think that as a parent, I wouldn't be too concerned about trying to find ways to integrate the technology, make that gel. It's okay. it's the same as you know our parents dealt with us. It's about working with your child to find the educational needs that they have and supporting right. them and pushing them forward and driving them to do those things and having okay. the conversations and helping them be organized. And the technology shouldn't be a, a, a conversation about that. It's a tool that they use. Okay. Um, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of it. Because I already am. Yeah. So, and uh, it's one thing I tell teachers, too, that, you know, if you have a classroom for kids and a student is misbehaving with technology, it's no different than if that kid pulled out a comic book when we were kids. Treat it the same way. It's not a separate thing. It's just a tool that you use. So this kind of makes me think of when new math came out, oh, right? Yeah. And so my parents, both bright individuals, love them both. Wonderful people. But when new math came out, I think they were a little intimidated by some of that. And, you know, they knew ways to get me to the answer, but it wasn't what teacher said, teacher said, right? So I'm wondering how many parents are petrified, and maybe, Brad, you can speak to this a little bit, too, about the gap that they have. It's way bigger than math, because at least with math, it's a pure science. 
five and five is always going to be 10, <laughs> right? I hope so. But with technology, it's got to be a little daunting as a parent. So, Brad, do you see parents coming in, like, trying to figure out stuff? I don't really. So most of the tech help sessions I have are for, like, retired people who are gifted technology after they retire. So it's difficult for them. I think that the the, the prime parenting age is, like, it's like my age. So right. it's like they're... They remember life without technology, but it's been part of their life since their schooling. And so they have a level of comfort of being uncomfortable with technology. And that's yeah. the key. Is That's what I usually try to, no matter the age that somebody I'm helping, is it's not about having the answer. It's about that critical thinking. It's how like, to get how, the how does the, How does this work? What are you trying to do? How would they design the process? So I think parents are... Uh, uh, they're pretty good, and I think they do probably like rely on their kids because they're more familiar with the, inter- Scary, the, the Google Suite, right? So they're yep. they're more inter- they're more familiar with the tools that they're using. Yes, and, and they're so, worried about the same thing that my parents worried about. Did he get the assignment? Did yeah, he do the right. assignment? Did he understand? Is he getting along with the teacher? It, that's the more issues you see. Yeah, true. Right. But there, there's a heaviness there, you know. Yeah. So as a parent, you worry about feeding them, clothing them. You know, are they getting their shots? Sounds like I'm, I'm talking about a pet. But, you know, you're worrying about the basic needs and, and then education. Okay, a kid, ha- you know, my nieces and nephews have asked me stuff that really had me thinking, wow, I have to critically answer this. Mm-hmm. Thank God they don't ask me anything about technology <laughs> because I would have to call Brad. Yeah. But I wonder how many parents at home are yeah. not monitoring, which I know is, yeah. I know it's going on. I know there's not monitoring because I think so many parents are overwhelmed. You know, we could do 14 shows on this with, you know, um, two income houses and Mm. maybe some people working second jobs and latchkey kids and all of that. And then education and then technology, too. What do you think about that, Ken? I've with my own children. I have two daughters. I focused on um, the I don't want to say the word morality, but the, the rules of the road that they should do. The same thing about when we were kids about not talking to strangers. Sure. Embed those lessons and apply them to the technology yes. that they're using. And that's something that I feel that any parent can grasp. It's don't worry about, you know, the rules of the chat and all those kinds of things. Right. Talk to them about what's appropriate contact and how to trust people and who to trust and who not to trust and sure. how to hide your information and things like that. And that's worked for me as a parent, may not for somebody else, but right. that's what I would counsel. But is as it, you yeah. said about teachers, you know, more I'm, I'm pressing on my shoulders, more piling on the teachers, mm-hmm. more piling on the parents, too. So now not only do I have to do all the other stuff want to because you're a parent, and that's yeah. your job. Right. But all this other stuff with technology, too. So how can a parent can and also Brad get information that will help them feel more comfortable? Where's a place for them to look to get the basics if they don't really know much? And and I watch my sister's children, you know, uh, her asking them stuff and they give her the information it's kind of interesting to see they're giving her how to log on or they're telling her mom run the virus program and all that and that's all great except that kids sometimes hide stuff and aren't super duper honest maybe so what do we do to where do we go as parents or aunts and uncles where do we look to make sure they're safe so I've done a couple of different like uh, digital security or digital safety thing, and there are websites. The government yes. has a StaySafeOnline.org, something like that. I'll look it up and put it in the in the companion, companion page. page. Great. But there are places to go for tips on on how to be safe. Um, 
when in doubt, you can use technology to learn about technology. When If Ooh. you have a question about something, Google it. Or I, t- I send people to YouTube all the time. It comes in, you have to do a little bit of that information vetting. That, that you, yes. Because not every YouTube creator or whatever they're called are, are worth, worth your time. Right. But there's so much out there. I use that in my job to tech help myself on certain new technologies. Like a, we have a VR headset that's coming. I didn't know what I was looking at. And, and so like I went and there's plenty of channels on YouTube to give you information about specific technologies and so use use the tool to learn about the tool <laughs> as long as okay. you're as long as you're safe as long as you're confident enough to surf online use google yeah. and youtube and in stuff the like same that. manner we're talking about of vetting information yes l- l- don't rely on one one source look mm-hmm. at a few different right. sources you're going to see the common theme yep. of you know keeping in contact with your child sure. knowing what they're doing having them show have the conversations right and that's where it all goes back i mean i remember my parents taking us to the library and i I don't think my mom ever looked to see what books I was checking out. Not like I was checking out anything subversive. But, I mean, if I was, she she could have seen that. So I guess it's the same thing, just being aware. But I will yes. bet there are a lot of parents who are struggling with that. Mm-hmm. And the world is a difficult little place sometimes. So mm-hmm. on top of all the other things you're doing to make sure life is going well, it seems like adding that technical piece yes. is a lot. Very so that's so. why we count on people like Ken and Brad to help us navigate this yep. world we, we recently in. sent out um, in uh, through the newsletters the high school middle school some information to parents about how to filter their internet at home okay. you know giving them some different here's a I, I pointed to a PC magazine article that listed a bunch of different internet filters and their pluses and minuses and uh, suggest they contact their local internet provider their Comcast their Verizon because they have parental controls and hours you can put on all that kind of stuff and implementing those tools and learning about them but as you say they have to learn about these things and how do they do it. Well, that's where looking at these web resources or perhaps there's a PTO-sponsored speaker that's brought in and, and right. those kinds of things are, are, will help them. And I'm glad yes. that you're doing that, even though I don't feel that should be part of your job. But it's I'm the devices we're it. telling them to use. They're bringing them home, so we yes. want to give them some Well, yeah, because, yeah. you know, if I don't know how to use it, my kid yeah. brings it home. And yeah. I've seen that happen right in my own house, sure. you know. Shall we do our food for thought? Well, we've just just having such a great time here, but hang on, let's do that. And now it's time for your technology tidbit, food for thought. So we, we've talked about Google many times here and many times over many shows. And so Google originally was just a search engine, and it wasn't until they um, had Gmail and Google Docs and Drive and self-driving cars and bought YouTube <sighs> that they actually decided to create a company called Alphabet. And Google is now a subsidiary of Alphabet. And Love one it. of the reasons they did this was antitrust lawsuits. <sighs> so Google is huge and it's very, it's, it's useful, but it is, it's a tool. And, and you, have to, you have to know what you're getting into. Um, I just, I, I thought it was funny that the company that originated is now a subsidiary of a company that the company created. <laughs> I think eventually it's going to be the bank, yeah, the right. grocery store, <laughs> you know, and that frightens me also, monopolies and all of that. What do you think, Ken, about the technology haves and have-nots? It's the divide is great and really? it needs to be solved. You really yes. think it's vast? I think it is, yes. I thought we were doing pretty good. Maybe well, in Wilmington here, we I'm are. Talking, I'm talking nationwide. The world. Like that, the world yeah. as a whole. 
I think that they, they need to so like Canada has a has a you know, they've they want to lay fiber everywhere so like uh, broadband is available in the entire country and they want the government is taking oh, it I like on that idea. as an infrastructure and Google has actually tried it with Google Fi or Google Fiber or something like that and it's just too expensive. Um, I, I think that that's going to be an is, is if you make it a utility, I think it'll be a little easier. Yeah, just in some third world countries, just having electricity. Yeah, to I know. I was right. thinking. I've been yeah. picturing the pole yes. with yeah. the fourteen yeah. plugs, right? <laughs> yeah. But then I wonder too, yeah. and maybe we'll do a show on this someday. The safety of putting that stuff underground. Is that safe? So then, then you have what uh, you have the five G. That's supposed to be the answer to everything. Oh, but you, there's so much more hardware you need because it's short millimeter wave, so it's short range, high speed. And if you stand in front of the receiver or the transmitter, it blocks the signal, so there's redundancy. And so it, that's one way around it. But man, the invent the investment is huge. And right now, Huawei is the only the biggest manufacturer, and we're not doing anything with China right now. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it's going to go. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, interesting. And some of the, you know, some of the new regulations about trade and yeah. some, you know, if you're listening to this and it's, uh, we're in 2020, February, the yeah, virus the situation and yeah. all of that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's amazing where that's infecting. Yeah. Impact, Literally. Yeah, but, <laughs> both. Yeah. It's both. Yeah, I mean, you're talking <laughs> yeah. about that's going to cause shortages of Apple well, it makes iPhones. Sense. It's, it's makes causing sense. shortages of baseball bats and hockey yeah. sticks for yeah, NHL and Major League Baseball. It's, <gasps> it's, it's like... Uh, it's unbelievable. See, my friends, yeah. this is why I don't like technology. <laughs> no, I mean, I like it, but I don't like our dependence. Right. That's yes. where I'm yeah. at, really. I like the idea. I just don't like our dependence on it because we, Brad and I have talked several yeah. times about what if everything goes down, what will what you, you do, do? Yeah. then? And, and, and I don't like to talk about terrorism and all of that, yeah. but it would make sense if I were that kind of person. And if I'm thinking it, they're smarter than me, so they're <laughs> thinking it. The way to get at us yeah. would be to take that from us mm-hmm. because I don't even know my friend's phone numbers anymore. Right. Nope. I just, just contact name, push yeah. them. Mm-hmm. So if I had to do that, what would I do? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a scary world, but it's a good world. Yes. It's a good world. Anything final, Ken, you'd like to add that maybe we need to know as a community or what you need from the community? Um, not at the moment. Right now, we're finishing up a technology plan for the new for okay. a technology. How fun plan. was that to write? It's a, well, we're doing the writing, so I don't know about the fun part. But <laughs> so we brought together a committee of uh, parents and oh, teachers cool. and administrators to build that, and we'll be putting that out for public comment soon. Okay, once it's ready, so that'll be. So, a, what does one. that comprise? So that's really a plan that's going to um, lay out the groundwork for both infrastructure and where we go with staffing and Mm -hmm. things like that for technology for the last five years. Okay. How's the budget for your needs? Uh, Do you guys have a separate line item? Very generous with their budget. Town meeting is very much supportive of our needs, and uh, so I'm very happy with that here. Good. I'm glad to hear that. What are other communities looking at, though, that aren't as fortunate as us, and should we be worried about that? Um. I mean, no, I'm most worried about the Wilmington schools. And right. the person <laughs> yes, but, I understand. You know, I came from a district that wasn't as well funded and was sure. struggling to do those things. And, sure. and you, you do even get a little bit of the haves and have-nots from yeah. district to district. But, yeah. you know, it's 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 a struggle everywhere. And it's not like you can move because, you know, the housing. Yep. It's, it's all yeah. integrated, my friends. It's yep. all integrated. Yep. Brad, anything you would like to add about technology and school? Anything you want to ask Ken about no. what's going on over at the high school or the yeah, middle it's school? Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. Like, like the, I like the Chromebooks. We've had... Uh, 
we've had to invest in USB-C chargers because we get a lot of kids coming yep. in with their Chromebook but not their charger. Ah. And it's interesting, too, because the kids are really good at technology, but they also have a little bit of tunnel vision because yes. what they don't understand is we have laptops. And since it's Google, they can just sign into Google yeah. on our laptop and get the, everything they need. You're going to yes. have to explain that to me after. <laughs> I don't even think I get that. So they have a Google account, right? And the account okay. is managed out in the cloud. And so the Chromebook is just a device to facilitate and ah. secure access to that information I on the see. cloud. I see. All they would have to do on our, to you to get to their information on our computers is to log into their account. I get it now. And, right. So okay, it's going to phone, like get a Chromebook, like a yeah. computer, wherever they are. Yes. They don't get that. Uh, right. to, to backtrack a little bit, how early are we starting with technology education in the town of Wilmington? Are right at the pre-K and Caleb. Really? Yeah, what are we teaching them? There. So they're using the, an app or a tool to to do their education that they're using oh in the classroom. Oh, my God, so, finger painting on a Chromebook. I well, can't have it. I can't much. have it. <laughs> but that, but if you look at that, so yeah, they're using pain. it very little, but it's a tool. Then it increases and increases. You go on and on and on. So. Yes, and then it increases the comfort level. Yes. But it's dangerous. <laughs> no, I'm just here to provide that, you know, little bar. You need to hold us back, yeah. Lisa. Just a little, happens. just a little, just a little. No, I'm just worried about, yeah. you know, I, I love all of it. It's all wonderful and beautiful and magical, but... At what cost? Risk reward, mm -hmm. you know, and also the haves and have nots. These are things that are on my mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they're on the minds of legislators sure. and, and creators yeah, and absolutely. all that too. And just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? right? Very much so. Yeah, but we often don't realize that mm -hmm. until after the thing is created. Right. I think ethics, especially with the safe driving car, the self-driving cars um, becoming more and more popular, that the ethics of technology mm. is, no, is, is soon going to become a prerequisite to any kind of new technology. So maybe that's the thing that mm -hmm. folks should go into college for the yeah, next ethics. upcoming job. Cybersecurity is the yeah. biggest one right now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, There's for sure. a strong oh, need yeah. for cybersecurity oh, yeah. professionals. I would love to lead that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I don't know much about it, but... I would love to do always it. Always learn. You can always well, learn. Thank you, Ken Lord, so much for being with us. And you are also on the board of WCTV, and we're happy to have you there. And we're also happy to have you in the community. So thank you so much for doing all the work that you do. Brad, let's tell our friends about the companion page, and then we will close this episode 16 of Bridging the Digital Divide. Season 216, right? Yes. Yeah, there we go. So yes. the companion page is off of the Wilmington's website, so wilmlibrary.org slash bdd. And you'll get the, the current episode of the companion page for this, and you can listen to it right there. And there's also a form at the bottom if you have any comments about this show or uh, suggestions for, right. for, for future shows. Please, please let us know. Great. And, Ken, is there a way folks can get in touch with you should they have any sure. technology questions uh, you throughout the just go on the, the Wilmington School website and go to the technology department. My email address is there, but it's kenneth.lord at wpsk12.com. Fabulous. Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy universe to sit with us for Bridging the Digital Divide. This podcast has been produced at WCTV, and we thank you so much for being with us, and we'll be with you again soon.